welcome back this week to another episode of the Just Asian Things Podcast. Podcast where three Asian immigrants talk about how we suck at being Asian. I'm Chris Trung. I'm John Nguyen. And today we have a special guest, Crystal, joining us. Crystal, you introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Crystal Young. Nice to be here today. What's poppin'? Crystal, how are you? What are we going to do today? Are we have fun? We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about dating, right? And right. I'm ready to spill all the tea. I'm an open book. I'm ready for you to change my mind on modern day Asian American dating. So, oh, okay. I'm and low key, we're going to be talking about dating this episode, but more and more low key, we're going to be like finding Crystal, a cool Korean Christian boy, oh, right? Oh, is that, oh, is that no. the goal for today's episode? We'll have to see if that's still the goal by the end. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. So to go a little bit more over it, we are going to be um, talking about like Asian dating. We're going to be talking about Asian dating stereotypes. Do we typically like date Asians? Do we typically like date people who are not Asian? Like, do we just want to make our moms happy and like be like, oh yeah, be the traditional route, right, John? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we all feel. Uh, both Chris and I have different perspectives, or at least started with different perspectives, and I think ultimately we all kind of landed in the same place. But yeah, we're, we're curious to hear Chris perspective this episode yeah and we're gonna stay tuned we might have some fun juicy stories fun fact right i think crystal you have your own podcast is that correct that is correct i yeah. host a podcast called let's get candid it was a complete quarantine project full disclaimer i started it because i felt so lonely during the quarantine i was like i miss mm. talking to people i miss just having like organic conversations and i'm a podcast nerd and i thought what better way to have those conversations and just create them for myself and so yeah I release weekly episodes with my friends talking about very similar topics. We had a conversation a couple weeks ago just about online dating, early dating relationship mistakes, you know, can guys and girls be friends? But then I also go serious and talk about careers and grad school and Enneagram. So it's kind of this whole yeah. whole spectrum. It's a lifestyle of... podcast. Yeah. Very exactly. Cool. Like intersection of lifestyle and culture. And with that, let's have the same conversation today. So uh, let's get candid. Kid the segue. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, Crystal, tell us about the guys that like you've dated. All of the um, the the guys that like you've won over because you're so awesome. Like, <laughs> is do you see like a common trend? Do you like seem to like always go after like a certain type of guy? Like, is it like a bad boy? Is it like a cool like Korean Christian boy? Like, what what is it for you? That's a really good question, and I feel like I have to dig into some part of my memory that I've like oh, suppressed. Oh, your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. You get to get out, find out like the whole <laughs> Nietzsche and everything. Yeah, I think in terms of like your your traditional type, I don't think I have a type. Okay. In terms of people I've dated, but generally I am more attractive to that mysterious bad boy, and there's so many connotations with mm -hmm. that bad boy. Oh. It's like. Ooh. Is that someone who like is a criminal or is it someone who's like, <laughs> like you know, yeah, or just like street smart or like someone who's confident. So that has, that's a whole conversation in itself. Okay. But I think bad boys are sort of like the first thing that first kind of, I don't know, archetype that I'm attracted mm -hmm. to. But in terms of guys I've actually dated, it's been all mm -hmm. over the board from like okay. the very kind, like Christian boy to like, right. the you know, maybe actually like the bad boy. And I feel like that just has to do with like the more you get to know someone, you kind of break through that facade. 
right? Right. And you get to know them more. And then that's when relationships are formed. But that's kind of my type, like the mysterious sort of guy, because you want to like figure out what makes them tick. And you want to be the one to like discover that. I mean, I think it's cool that like we've kind of dated a range of people. Like, I mean, we've kind of experienced like dating a little bit around too. Like I've had, um, well, I I do have a type. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like kind of like the whole (laughs) ABG, you know, like the big lashes and the, uh, the, uh, you know, like, oh, from the streets and everything. I've I've been with like different like types of people too. Has the same kind of been for you, John? Yeah, uh, for me, I I feel like I haven't had a typical archetype really. I've also dated I feel like across the board, but I think one thing that just coincidentally I feel ha- all of them had in common was that generally they were all not Asians. <gasps> um, no, like basically like every ethnicity except for for Asians until more recent as or recent. When I say recent, more as in like the last couple of years. But like the first like two-thirds of my dating experience was basically no Asians at all. And whether that was a result of my upbringing or just the people around me, I still don't know to this day. But I guess that's something we should dissect in this episode. No Asians allowed as, as your dating <laughs> rule? Is, is that like a no, thing? No, man. I was definitely not like anti-Asian in, in sense of dating, but... Wow, what a hater. I, I do think like part, you know, part of it was like somewhat like self-hate in a way because I was surrounded by so many Asians growing up, right? My whole family right. was Asian. Right. And then all of a sudden when I was put in a place where there were not many Asians in like a really white school district, it almost felt like I was ashamed to be Asians in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. wanted to separate myself from my Asian identity as much as possible. And therefore... Kind of distinguish yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like there, there weren't that many Asians at the school in the first place. So therefore I just chose to, to not associate myself to other Asians and just hang out with primarily uh, not Asians for the most part. What about you, Crystal? Were you uh, kind of like um, like Johnny? You're like, no, no Asians allowed. Or <laughs> you kind of were um, like, you only wanted to date Asians. I don't know if it's that I only wanted to date Asians because I definitely liked people of different races. Like I remember distinctly my first crush in first grade was this Caucasian Ooh. boy and he was blonde, blue eyes, so cute. He was like my first kiss, whatever you want to call that in like whatever Aww. grade that is. But I was just so invested and surrounded by like an Asian church community that that was like the pool I was working with. Right. So mm. I think out of all the guys I dated, only one of them was not fully Asian. He was like half white, half like Hawaiian mix or something like that. So Pacific Islander. Mm. But that was, yeah, he was the only guy out of, I guess, like five serious boyfriends that was not like fully Asian or, you know, didn't have like the exact same maybe Christian Asian community that like I grew up with. And so right. I feel like mm. culturally, like we were the most different out of all of the different relationships. I've been. That's I mean, do you feel like you tend to go for like, you know, like your dating pool in your church community because like you want like a church guy? Or do you feel like you're just kind of lazy to like, eh, I don't want to go to the bar tonight on a Friday night. Let's just, you know, hit up Joe from uh, the church, see, see what he's doing. What, what do you think? Hmm. So here's the thing with okay. church dating. Okay. It's Ooh. tricky because if you grow up in the church, you've seen these guys or girls from mm-hmm. when they were like yeah. first like grade kindergarten. Your, your friend group, yeah. Yeah. And you just know way too much about them. So I feel like if a guy comes into church and like they're like new, like we call them like training transplants or whatever it's so millennial i'm like whatever you see them more as like a potential than someone that you've grown up with in the church and that just might be because you've seen them have crushes on your friends you've seen how dorky they are or like all this stuff that 
you know, you don't really want to deal with as like an adult, but in your mind, you still see them as like that 16 year old boy instead of like their 20s, something, whatever year old man that they are now. So I don't remember your question, but that's kind of just my like (laughs) feeling of, you know, dating within the church. But I think there is so much like cross church, like communication and just like activities and you start meeting people of different churches and that's where I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people become open and like start to date within circles and that's how you become so interchurched is from people dating in different churches in like the Asian community because everyone just like knows each other and it's a good and a bad thing right do you feel like because you've been so isolated to or I guess isolation is the wrong word, but like what you knew and what you're comfortable with were fellow Asians within your church community that you feel like you're you're missing out at all on dating non-Asians at all? Or do you not necessarily feel that desire? I don't really feel a desire, but I also wouldn't be opposed to it in a sense like I'm open to it. So like in high school, I went to a really diverse school, but I was like one of like three Asian girls. So in high school, I was definitely you know, talking to people of different races. But once I got into college, it was like a whole different story. Like just was very stuck within like the Asian community. Um, It's an Asian avalanche. (sighs) Yeah. 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 And there's just so many of them. Like I went to a state school out out here in the East Coast. So like there's Mm -hmm. just so many Asians that flood like to that area and like you find all these clubs or whatever. I think as I get older, I'm definitely more open to it. But Mm -hmm. part of me still prefers to date someone Asian because I feel like there's just so much foundational yeah exactly share culture that you don't have to explain and especially when it comes to family stuff and like that you know eventually down the line like super important for me and maybe for a lot of other people who are listening to who are Asian like for them to Mm -hmm. get your relationship with your parents and the culture for me it's more of like a expediting kind of thing you know (laughs) yeah it's the cliff notes version of Asian dating yeah yeah. No, for sure. Like that was something I didn't truly understand until I started more seriously dating Asians is that shared mm-hmm. identity, you know, like right. no matter whether you're you're like, you know, Chris and I are Vietnamese, but like you don't necessarily have to be Vietnamese, but there's something about that, that third identity, right? Being an Asian mm-hmm. American here in the US that like no matter what type of culture you come up from, you always have some type of similar shared values and it's super important. And I feel like uh, not many people acknowledge it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, it's one thing to like hook up with like a white chick. It's another thing for like the, to bring that white chick home and have her pl- her shoes outside of the house first. She steps into the house with like shoes on. <laughs> Sorry, we're not gonna last. This is just gonna be mm-hmm. a ghost sort of thing, you know? Dude, yeah. yeah. Even like some like super small stuff. Like I think it's really petty in hindsight, but like I get why my family finds it important. Little things like like if I bring someone home and they're not Asian, right? And then like we just eat dinner or something and they don't help or offer to clean up, right? Like I think yes. when you're not Asian, Ooh. you're like, oh, I'm like the guest. Mm-hmm. Typically guests don't do more work, which is totally true. Like I, I would also feel the same way as an American, right? The American side of me. But when I bring someone home who's Asian and they're like, oh, let me help you clean up. Let me wash the dishes. Or let me, you know, super petty of my family. But then all of a sudden they're like, damn, like she's so good. She's the one, marry her, John. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's so funny because like in this podcast we talk about how we're like we're such bad Asians, you know. And yet John's mm-hmm. like now now John's ready to bring a good Asian home. He's like he's finally ready to do his mom proud. <laughs> no, for sure. Or a bad Asian who is good at faking to be good. Yes. Oh, you can that, do that. This is gonna be the new layer. You can bad do that. Asians who are good at faking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But John has a lot of experience even with girls who fake things, so it's okay. <laughs> It's so true though. Like I, I go to like my girlfriend's house and I say like, oh, in like super respectful, like formal Vietnamese language, right? You say like, oh, back or two or whatever, like 
you add like formality in front of their name. And then like, you know, I, I try to play the good guy. I leave early, like about 10 p.m. I'm like, oh yeah, bye. And then like, I just like sneak into my girlfriend's room. Like, okay, send the night. <laughs> you know, it's, isn't it funny? Like on one hand, you're like, oh, sir, it's great to meet you. You're all polite. And then the next yeah. second, like an hour later in her bedroom, you're just like doing dirty, like. <laughs> that, and for our, all of our listeners, yeah. I was just slapping my hands. Okay, that's that's all that was. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure a hand slap. What are yeah. you thinking, oh, no, what are you thinking yeah. listeners? I'm, I'm slapping John's butt instead. <laughs> Can confirm. A big one. Crystal, have you experienced that too? Like, or, or generally because you feel like, like you said earlier, it's a very tight knit, very close community that you you've dated in that that like you don't really everyone's true to their word everyone's very authentic and you know to you and to to you know your parents or their family like everyone's pretty aligned is that true too no i think people can fake it still like mm-hmm. even though you might know someone or you think you know someone mm-hmm. people change and you can still fake different things like put on the facade or especially right. with parents because they have a certain impression of someone if you're dating within the church right but even if you bring an asian home I feel like parents already have like their stereotypes and their sort of like presumptions about that person just by looking at mm. them and knowing whether they're Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, Japanese, whatever it might be. Oh yeah. And that can be completely wrong too. So I feel like it with even within church or within Asian circles, like you can still put some of those like biases on those people, but they can be completely different at the end and surprise Definitely. you in ways that good or bad right for mm-hmm. for example um so when i first met my girlfriend's mom i came in you know i bought like dinner and everything i was like so polite oh it's like oh ciao go you know i was very respectful you know informal and then um you know i told her i'll go to church and everything too or she saw she saw me pray like before i ate dinner she's like oh such a good church boy and then uh, whenever uh, my girlfriend <laughs> Dude, doesn't same, go to man. church, she's like should i call should i call chris right now should i uh, you know tell him to convince you to go to church but little does she know I was the most like uh, reformed fuckboy there is. So my girlfriend gives me shit about that all the time. She's like, if my mom only knew how you actually are, like she'd be so shook. Yeah, sometimes you gotta play yourself up in front of the parentals. Yeah. Uh, that's just you gotta the play Asian the way. game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's universal across most minority groups here in the U.S., but like especially true, I think, for for Asians and Asian Americans. Um, I don't know, like uh, Crystal, like have you encountered any? situations with people who dated in the past where you're like shit like similar to chris like if only your parents or whoever knew the truth about them like right they would be shocked oh i feel like in my case my parents are always like they they always see what i don't see mm. and they're always right in my case really oh shit yes. um every boyfriend i've had my mom has been spot on with her assessment and Fuck. I'm the one that's, mom you know, knows best. Mm-hmm, I'm the one that's too dumb to see it. And um, uh, so now that. I'm like every guy that I'm, you know, that I want to bring home. I like take yeah. my parents word so much more seriously because I'm like, Dan, you guys know, you guys know me and you guys yeah. are really good judges of character. So I feel like I've been blessed in that way where I don't feel like, the guys have necessarily bamboozled my parents a lot, but they've definitely bamboozled me. And my parents are like, mm-hmm. "You're you're stupid." I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's terrible. That happened to me with my the last girl I was involved with. You know, like it's kind of really? hard to see red flags when you're looking through like rose color lens. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, you're biased and you're you're right. You're already up in it. You're like, 
all of the highs and the lows. You're like, no, this is just, you know, us fighting everything. Nah, dude, you're fucking tripping, homie. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no I, I, I totally get you. I mean, it's hard because like it's just natural human behavior. Like you, you will pick whatever truth is most convenient to you. And when you really like someone, it's hard for you to see them any other way. If you feel comfortable with with uh, devolving a story, you have an example of what you mean. Like your parents called um, your boyfriend out, and then you may not have seen it at the time, but you realized it later. Yeah, Chris yeah, is about to so, spill some tea. Yeah, get ready, y'all. <laughs> okay, um, we're all yours. So the boyfriend I was talking about, the ex that was half Asian, half um, Caucasian, mm-hmm. we were long distance. And so I obviously like invested Ooh. a lot more in developing that because we just couldn't see each other a lot, right? right? And right. he, long story short, he was like a very needy, very emotionally dependent person. And um, I am <sighs> I am not... Um, Chris kind of knows this about me, maybe like I, I kind of mm-hmm. do my own thing and it's really yeah. draining for anyone to have to hold someone's hand through life. And this is something that I've, I learned from that relationship, like as a girlfriend, I have the responsibility to encourage my boyfriend, but I should not be the reason why they change or chase their like passions or try to grow. And that's the thing yeah yeah i kind of mixed that so much i was like well if i love him and he loves me then shouldn't i like be everything to him and like walk him through life and protect him and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. my mom saw through all of that she i don't know exactly what instances but she could tell that he was insecure that right. he was mm-hmm. like uncomfortable with certain situations that like I was in and they weren't even like risque. Like I would go out and eat with like a guy friend or get coffee. And this guy friend is like 30 or Mm -hmm. like mid thirties and married. And it's just like a friend. Right. Mm -hmm. And this guy who lives like four hours away would just like freak out all the time and be like, dude, like you can't just like go eat with other guys. Like they're going to think like you're sending them mixed signals. I'm like, like you don't trust me and so my mom saw through all of that and she was like I think I think he needs to like work on himself more before he is like committed to you and like want and Mm -hmm. is able to like be like a good boyfriend to you and in my mind I was like well he's like justified because he comes from a really broken family full of divorce and abuse and I was like well it totally makes sense that he would be triggered by me going out with like a guy friend but I wasn't understanding how it was affecting me and so after we broke yeah. up, I went to my mom and I was like, mom, you're right. You're always right. You're always right. That's a good story. Damn. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the ending of crazy rich Asians, right? Um, what Gemma Chen, yeah. she was saying, yeah. Yeah, it's not my job yeah. to make you feel like a man. I can't make you feel something that you're not. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, shit. Burn, dude. Crystal's <laughs> channeling her inner Gemma. Yeah. Dude, I she's mean, that's my icon. I mean, that's a really good point though. Like. Yeah. And in regards to the story, like, you know, as someone who might personally myself who who is, I wouldn't say recovered, right? Like, anyone truly recovers in it. But I think what your ex may have suffered from is something called like retroactive jealousy, right? And that is just something Mm -hmm. I think generally Mm -hmm. everyone at some point, not everyone has, but like a lot of people do experience and it's common the need to to feel like they're the first person in whatever you do in life and also like the only person that you do or experience anything with and i don't think necessarily coming from a broken home or whatever or having a traumatic past is an excuse to no do you think or feel that retroactive jealousy is okay Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, right. it's it's never yeah. okay to like take that on someone else, right? Right, yeah. right. No, totally. Man, that's yeah. that good on your mom. <laughs> right. Seriously. No, your, your mom, she got she got like some good good insight. Yeah. I mean, she's the best. that's kind of like a thing, right? With your partner, it's not like your responsibility to like make your partner um no, not less at all. insecure about things that like they shouldn't feel. Um yeah. it's not your like you shouldn't be dating someone like for their potential if you shouldn't like have to encourage them to like want more for their life if they're not ready for it because i've in my experience like that's never really worked out well no if you try to push someone to be like what a certain way for them um not necessarily like a certain way but like to want more for themselves and they're not ready and like they're still like lazing around just not doing shit like that's that's not on you right yeah mm-hmm. it also depends on i think what you want to right like if if you're okay with that then that person may be okay right but if you want more in a partner and you want your partner to want more if they're not actively wanting more themselves you can't change them yeah yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It, I feel like for for everyone like you know we everyone we've dated probably in the past i mean you know especially with the exes they're exes for a reason they've had certain faults about them right but they're also had a lot of things that we did like about them and that's why we dated them in the first place do you guys feel you know we'll ever find or there will ever be like a quote-unquote unicorn like the perfect person for someone um or should one feel like it's okay to settle as long as that person meets most of the criteria that you checked or like or you have you know what i mean i mean it's kind of like the thing about like like is there like do i have a soulmate or like with this person even though like they have their faults you know like do I still love them? Do I still like want to be with them? Like make effort. For example, with my girlfriend, um, you know, like there are some like small things about her that like I'm like, ugh, annoying. But I mean, she she, <laughs> As she, she supports this me, podcast, you know. And she's like, eh. and I'm like, oh, that's thing number one. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some things that like, yeah, it's less than ideal. But she's like, she's secure about her position of being my girlfriend. Um, even so, like I just told Crystal, I just I just finished filming a movie, um, last week. <gasps> And it was, you know, a smaller movie, but like, it was like a kind of like a romantic comedy sort of style movie. And like in this movie, like I had to like kiss someone else, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to like, you know, make out me like, nah, spoilers. <laughs> nah, nah. spoiler alerts. And you know, like I, I ran up with the girlfriend first. I'm like, Hey, look, we knew this was going to happen sometime eventually, you know, like, I want to make sure that you're okay with it. And uh, you know, you feel comfortable and everything. And she's like, yeah, just, you know. Make sure that you kiss her, okay? She's like, I dated you for a reason. I knew that you're a good kisser. Make sure everyone else knows that you're a good kisser too. I'm like, bet. Very cool, very cool. I think for me, if we're talking about soulmates or like that unicorn, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? Like what are your standards for that? And I feel like compatibility can come in so many different ways. And like maybe I'm just getting older and I'm understanding myself more and understanding that like, there's different ways to feel connected to someone. So when it comes to finding your soulmate or finding that one person that you you just know, for, for me, I feel like I just have to continually reflect on like my standards and like what I'm looking for. And that changes my mm-hmm. whole perspective on who that person is as a person yeah. and whether or not there's potential to like be something more or just be friends. And to kind of see that person in a different light instead of just like, oh, there's just a bunch of checkboxes and like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the one. And that means like, yeah. I have to go find, I have to be with him. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more holistic as I get older, I think. So that's my take on it. No, yeah, I, I, I get that too. It's, it's, it's hard, right? Like, I feel like some people have like their Prince Charming or, right, or, or the vice versa for men, right? But sometimes, I, 
I feel like for people who are always chasing after that perfect person or that perfect person for them, you will often miss sight or, or, or lose sight of someone who is already good for you right in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like, I feel like for a lot of people at some point, they, they suffer through that and they don't realize it until later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something that I'm experiencing right now too, um, not with my girlfriend, but with John. So, I mean, like a lot of times, you know, like, I'm like, you know what? John's only so-so. I wish he was funnier. But like, you know what? Can I, can I find someone funnier? But I'm like, no, let's appreciate John for who he is. We already have a connection, you know, and we are, we are yeah, consistently I thought the same. this, this I was like, partnership. I was like, can, can I get a host that doesn't just crack jokes all the time, but actually has good conversation? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can find that person, but I think what we have is good enough. I'll settle for this. I'll, I'll settle for you, John. Yeah, settle for you, Chris. We're good enough. <laughs> good enough. That's yeah. That is the moral of the episode. If you're good enough, yeah. then you're okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to date Prince Charming. I just want to date good enough. <laughs> good enough for me. <laughs> What's wrong with good enough, right? Off the back of the topic around settling finding that prince charming or that unicorn of a person like it's not always possible like we were just talking about and sometimes good enough is more than good enough in a lot of cases um but kind of what chris was teeing up at the beginning of this episode in the intro i think the the idea of finding (laughs) potentially that like perfect christian korean boy may not Mm -hmm. be realistic right (laughs) but is that something at the end of the day after all this discussion, granted, it's only been like 30 plus minutes, like, do you still feel the same? Do you still feel that desire to find that Prince Charming, that perfect, quote unquote, uh, Christian, good Korean boy? Um, Or what's your perspective on that? I think short answer is no. And Uh I think Chris knows about this too. So I'm really into Clubhouse these days. And (laughs) one of my friends um, who is actually on my podcast um, talking mm-hmm. about online dating she's on it as well and we started this random room it was supposed to be a complete meme like just joking around and the title of the room was like cool christian korean men do they exist and mm-hmm. over a hundred <laughs> people topic. showed up and we oh, were like shit. we were like what's going on and it started off like such joe we were just like talking about the podcast episode like talking about like what what we look for in guys and then all of these pastors came into the room and oh. they were like, oh, man. well, like, here's like the roles of men and women in the church. And we were like, oh, dear God, like literally stop. to them, <laughs> literally. Um, but what I did get out of, out of that was it's the, it's that whole standards thing. Like, what do you define as cool? Like that can be a million different things, right? That could be right. like that bad boy type. That could just be like they're really passionate about something. They're really good at something, like a skill, or they're just fun to be around. Like you can vibe with them. And so it really depends on like what that looks like. But for me, I I feel like I've moved away from that because I've realized that my ideal type, if we're going back to like the bad boy type, like mm-hmm. what that actually means is not necessarily like a good person for me. And it's Mm -hmm. like nice on, you know, in film, it's nice on, you know, movies and stuff to see someone Mm -hmm. so confident, like riding Harley Davidson's all around and like whatever. Um, But what is that? What does that person embody? And for me, I've noticed like I need someone who's a lot more maybe like emotionally secure and emotionally sensitive. And that might not be that bad boy type. 
necessarily right. not saying like it can't be like that would just be generalizing but um i think i'm less focused on like you know this template of a person and like i'm definitely more open to like getting to know people for who they are and you know that might take time right because i think at the end of the day we're all attracted to physicality mm -hmm. to some extent and so it right. kind of depends on how far you can get with that person and getting to know them as friends or potentially something more with you know that person as a whole but mm -hmm. for me it's definitely that personality and like their values at the end of the day that are most important for me and they can be cool in a lot of different ways like you don't have to be a jock to be cool you don't have to you know play guitar and sing like I don't know, like john mayer to be cool yeah. you can there's mm -hmm. a lot of different ways you don't have to, to like sing that. at church to be cool right yeah 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 you want to be praise leader with like a martin guitar or whatever you know like that's mm -hmm. not it's not necessary wow. i guess for me um yeah so yeah. i think it's changed like it's definitely evolved like that definition of cool even christian has evolved too in some way like what do you mean by christian are you talking a pastor or are you talking about someone who's like you know teaching seminary and like going to seminary and all that stuff or are you just talking about someone who like lives his life out for god and like is a man of faith and that can look really different you know Definitely. Mm -hmm. so yeah it's changed yeah i mean so you're saying not only do people have to now get out of the friend zone and now they have to get it out of the church zone too right it's like yeah. it's not enough just to be like christian it's like oh no you gotta be like play all of the things right yeah because no, you can be yeah. christian and not be christian you know like just because you go to mm -hmm. church doesn't make you christian either and i don't think you have to be a church goer to be necessarily like christian either and that might get me canceled but that's that's my take <laughs> on it um i think there's you're everyone's in a different step in their faith so if that's a criteria for someone to be christian like you you're, you're finding different people in different milestones and different stages you just have to kind of mm -hmm. take that person for where they are right now but like understand that they're more than just their current circumstance as well if you're just meeting someone for the first time on like an app or like in passing like they're more than just like that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. People are more than just their Tinder pictures. There's, there's layers. Facts. To them. Facts. <laughs> yeah. And I think anyone otherwise who, who, who are, who's playing it differently otherwise is it's just lying, right? Like yeah. they're just pretending at that point and making a facade that they're only one person, but really they have a lot of layers to them that I feel like generally a lot of people, guys and girls, I sense are just more hesitant to show, right? To strangers, especially if you don't know them well. But I think for people who are willing to be more vulnerable and open up all sides of themselves and just be honest to who they really are and not pretend to be a certain way, say they play guitar when they don't, say they're an inch taller when they're not, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you're like, I've experienced that. Um, the other person may actually like you more, I feel. Um, yeah, I, I vibe with that. Like, you know, like, take it from against me. Like, on one hand, like, looking at me outwardly, you're like, yeah, this guy's like a fuckboy. But you look a little bit more deeper, and you're like, wow, mm -hmm. this guy is actually like a guy of substance, like a man of faith. But you look a little bit more deep inside, it's like, yeah, there's still a little bit of fuckboy left in him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't squash it. You can't squash it. Thanks so much for this week's episode of the Just Asian Things podcast. We hope that you guys really enjoyed listening in with us. Yep. And thank you again, Crystal, for joining us in today's episode. We loved hearing your perspective around dating, especially. And Crystal herself, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, has her own podcast. You can follow Crystal on IG at Crystal X Leon, C R Y S G A L X L E U N G. 
yeah, make sure that y'all follow her. Check out her podcast. And we are going to slide in her DMs, you know, trying to make her look your way. Listen to at least three episodes of her podcast first and you'll win bonus points. <laughs> wow, this PR is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Crystal, do you have any, I don't know, thoughts, final thoughts you want to say before we close out? Um, no, just thank you guys for, you know, inviting me here. This was so much fun. Um, everyone who's listening, make sure you guys leave a nice review and five-star rating and every episode. So um, you guys are missing out if you haven't listened. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for it, Crystal. And um, remember, if you guys leave us a five-star review, we might be more inclined to hype you up to Crystal. So <laughs> we'll give you, all I'm saying is we'll we hype do you have up. a price. We do have a price. Yeah, <laughs> screenshot the five-star review and share it on IG. That's how we'll know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, uh, I think we are done. Uh, we out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we out. <laughs>